Hi, I'm Zach. I've been working in beer for well over a decade, so it's not uncommon for me to find myself enjoying a pint and great conversation with some of the most interesting folks in the brewing industry. Since many of the world's most entertaining discussions happen over a beer, I thought it might be fun to share a few of mine with you. This is Zach Talks Beer. Hello, and welcome to Zach Talks Beer. This is an informal podcast in which I welcome friends and peers from the brewing industry on for an unfiltered, honest, and oftentimes fun conversation about working in beer, life outside of beer, and everything in between. My name is Zach Nichols, and I'm a brewer and a small brewery owner originally from Wisconsin, but now I'm based outside of beautiful Boulder, Colorado. I've been in the beer world professionally since about 2009, and I've met and spent valuable time with a lot of great people on that stretch, and my guests today are certainly two of them. So I am very happy to welcome Chantel and Tamir of Novel Strand Brewing onto today's show. Guys, thanks so much for joining me. That's us. Thank you for having us. (laughs) So I am here in Denver. We are in person. I am at Novel Strand, and uh, I am having... A glass of Tamir. What am I having here? You having part of our rotating, unfiltered hop duet series, or as I like to call them, experimentations. And this one features Matueka from New Zealand and Vic Secret from Australia. Nice. Well, it is lovely, and I'm sure we'll talk more about hops. But um, with us, never. <laughs> <laughs> It's well, certainly going to be in the cards. Um, yeah, so to, to kick things off real quick, um, let's uh, chat briefly about kind of how we know each other. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think back on maybe when I first met <laughs> Tamir, uh, maybe at Goodzur, or was it before? It's either Goodzur or somehow somewhere through called arms or something, I feel sure. like. It's a haze. Yeah. As yeah. usual. Totally. With me. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Novel Strand. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about uh, about Novel Strand. Just kind of like the genesis of of the brewery that you guys have here. What what neighborhood are we in right now? I know we're off Broadway, but what is technically the neighborhood that we're in right now? We are in the historic Baker neighborhood, or as I like to call it, Baker Town. Sure, and it's a little bit on what the south side of Metro. Denver. Yeah, I mean we're we're on First Ave. So depending on where you want to cut Denver in half, Colfax. So, sure. you know, about a mile and a half south from Colfax. Yeah. Pretty much. And you guys have been here, Novel Strand's been here since when? Uh, July 2018. That's when we first opened our doors. Yeah. Actually, we had that little soft opening in June, but that doesn't count. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I will say we, so we're just, just a little bit south of like um, Denver Central we are on First Avenue, like Tamir said, but we're very close to Santa Fe uh, in Broadway. Sure. We're just kind of nestled in the neighborhood, but very close to both really big commercial so Yes. Yeah. We're a secret. You know, you kind of have to know to know that we're here. <laughs> That's one of the cool things about Novel Strand, I feel like, is there's so much very close to here, actually, but you guys are kind of like in your own little neighborhood pocket, tucked away a little bit. We like it to be nice and quiet and yeah. relaxed. Well, it is. And then we party here. <laughs> <laughs> It's very unassuming um, as far as like the space itself. There's not, there's no TVs in here. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's not a sports bar, although we love 
our sports. Yeah. Um, but it's very quaint, very quiet. We can get down and party. <laughs> but overall, it's just very calm. The, fo uh, the focus is community and beer in a nice space. You know, not, not any like reason we opened it in this building to show off like a specific feature of the building that was left over from the 50s because it was a hangar or a meat shop or a, or I don't know, you know, some places it's like their building is a very important part of like their identity or name. And for us, we kind of loved it because it was like quiet and in the neighborhood and started from scratch. The, the landlord broke everything down. It does have a distinct feel though, like your building. I mean, right but behind me, us. we've got exposed that's, brick. That's and so I'm saying that, that feeling is us selecting. So Chantel and I wanted, do you remember the words we picked for the for the decor, our inspiration? Belgian cafe. Yeah, I think you nailed it. <laughs> so we went to Brussels, <laughs> looked at everything, and just, again, a place where you feel comfortable and you can have good beer. And in the mornings, you know, we have Queen City in here um, in our space. They make coffee, so you can have a coffee in the morning, beer in the afternoon. And Right, so Queen City's a coffee roaster, and yep. they operate out of the same space in the mornings. So when we uh, were opening... Um, we obviously weren't going to be open all the time. And initially, we were only open Thursday through Sunday. So it made sense to sort of have something happen in the building just because, like you said, we're not on Broadway or in Rhino or on, like, a major place. So it helped to start bringing just people into that, that corner of the, of the block. Right. Um, and Queen City was already importing and roasting and doing wholesale, and they needed a, uh, a storefront or were ready for a storefront. So we offered them the, uh, the opportunity to work out of here. Sure. And they uh, they jumped at it. So, yeah. And I think it definitely helps establish that sort of like third space vibe for you guys where like people who live, you know, relatively close to here, come here in their morning, get their coffee, maybe send some emails for half an hour, go to work or go home, do whatever, and then come back in the evening with some friends and have a beer. And this yeah. is just this space is kind of where they it's spend their time. One of the things like just being nestled in the neighborhood, like the, one of the things we discussed was being very adamant about having the corner like be activated throughout the day, especially again, with our initial concept of just being open Thursday through Sunday, that leaves a lot of room for what else could be done there. And I think um, through discussions with a, land, a landlord, initially we started looking at coffee shops and happened to stumble upon the Quinn City Brothers uh, and it just felt like a good match. Totally. And totally. then we have now, we're very happy that we do, like you said, we have a lot of what we call double dippers. So they'll come in the morning for a coffee, and I'm always here doing work, so they'll ask me if there's some new beer or what's the food truck or whatever, and then generally you see a lot of the people later um, in the afternoon, in the evening. You have some people that want only beer or some people that want only coffee, which is obvious, mm -hmm. right? But it is nice. The more people we see that do both, it's very satisfying because it's just like, it's what a neighborhood needs, you know? A neighborhood needs a place where people can meet each other. Like, we had a lot of people who were neighbors but didn't really know each other until they had a couple beers here, and now they, like, come together and hang out. I'm like, that shit's sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's like, you know, the beer made that happen. And so that's kind of like, that's why you open a, a business that caters to the community, right? Sure. Just to, to help foster and grow instead of just, you know, if you wanted to sell beer out of a window and not have anyone be here, that's possible too, right? right. Sell the stores or whatever. And even beyond that, I mean, it, it opens the door for, uh, you know, synergy collaboration type stuff. You know, I know you guys work with them a lot on mm -hmm. specific coffee roasts for your beers and we things get, like we that. We get really, really fun, unique coffee varieties. Um, and then the roasting can be custom to, to what we want to do with it. So they're really flexible with us, and it's just really fun. Um, 
there's a lot of, excuse me, a lot of future planned projects as well um, that are a bit more eccentric from what people usually think about coffee and beer. But yeah, overall, it's a really fun working relationship. And then, um, it, you know, it's again, it's fun to have the, the space be available Definitely. all the time and, and to see people here. Yeah. Well, we'll circle back to the, the beers and the beer styles in a sec, but uh, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, uh, I'd like to ask the guests on the show to bring with them a beer that's special. So it can be something that they made, it can be something local that they're really into, or it can simply be something else that they enjoy and they just feel deserves a little love. So um, I know you guys have something, a novel strand beer that you brought with you that's that's a, a special one. What, uh, what do you guys have? Um, so I think... A lot of people uh, know about us for like hoppy beer, um, but a lot of the beers that we make that are very close to our hearts are our very tiny selection of barrel-aged beers. And so we brought a barrel-fermented beer. It's all local Colorado malt. It's a custom culture that we make ourselves, um, really trying to emulate the sort of the profile of uh, Belgian lambic and Belgian goose. Uh, it has aged hops that at the time I think were probably around a decade, um, whole cone hops. And then it's fermented entirely in the barrel, uh, conditioned in the barrel, and then bottle conditioned. So I think when we served the beer for the first time, it was our second anniversary, and it's called We'll Get There When We Get There. And it was actually, because we got to be one of those lucky breweries like you, kinda, we, you know, our second anniversary was already pandemic. So yep. it kind of, you know, as that beer was being bottled and we were thinking again about the name sort of a, a we'll get there when we get there idea seemed fitting right no one really knew where the world was going at that point still this is july 2020 so sure um so that's when we released it but by that time it was already about a year old and then now we are about a year and a half since then it was two and a half year old beer so it's beautiful it's starting to hit its peak yeah <laughs> yeah i mean all of our bottled beers like that are alive so they as long as they're not chilled you know, you know the deal because this is what Cellar West does. So they'll continue to change. And Did you draw the label? No, that wasn't one where Zach did the label. <laughs> Zach's done some label for us, label work for us, because he's awesome, and we needed uh, some help getting some labels out for a bunch of beers. But it was a similar style, so that's why I asked yeah, the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This wasn't one of the ones. Zach did a lot of really good labels for us though, <laughs> that I like a lot. But then he got too busy. <laughs> but yeah, so we brought that, and we'll drink that in a little bit. Excellent. Excellent. Well, yeah, we'll get into that in a sec here. Um, yeah, so let's let's go back. Let's rewind a little bit to uh, you guys starting up Novel Strand, right? So it is you guys are co-owners. There's uh, what one other individual involved? Yep. So the three of us met back in college. Um, uh, Ayana Coker is a third owner who lives out of Baltimore. Um, I wish I could make her move out here, but that's I'm I'm trying. Um, <laughs> She actually, funny enough, introduced Tamir and I. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I know her from architecture school because that's where I started in college. They knew each other from a different circle. Although our circles always kind of were adjacent, we never really met until the last year, like his last that year. That fateful evening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the last year. Uh, but, you know, fast forward to, to where we are now. Um, the three of us just really had, uh, or not what we are now, but fast forward down the line, the three of us just really grew our relationship through beer in a way, like going through um, to our college local dive bar, The Rock. 
uh, in downtown Troy, New York. Which just um, happens to have a ridiculous beer selection. Ridiculous selection of beer. Um, it's the fanciest dive bar. We would, spend, <laughs> we would spend many a night there um, and talk about this, which is sure. really... Jokes on us. Yeah, really yep. insane to think that we are where we are. Um, but yeah, it's just... I felt we our relationship grew through beer and exploring other things, exploring our other towns, um, and go from there. I mean, I studied biochemistry and biophysics, and Chantel studied architecture and civil engineering, and Ayana studied architecture. So it, the only thing that made sense was to open a brewery, right? <laughs> exactly. You combine all that. Into yeah. <laughs> and then I'll drop the line that I always drop when people ask me why I started a brewery. Uh, I wanted other people to finance my beer drinking habit, <laughs> and it's been working great. <laughs> Uh, Certainly a perk. <laughs> yeah. The only perk. It is. It's the only. <laughs> Free beer. That's it. So you guys, you opened 2017. 18 is when 18. we opened the, the, the building. But we were doing uh, collabs before that. We sure. Were, you know, trying to get all hypey and yeah, stuff. Yeah, getting, so. getting the logo out yeah. there and the name out there and yeah, the, the approach to beer making. and. Yeah, so we did a beer. The first collab we ever did is with our, our loves and sweethearts, Call to Arms. Um, who to this day, I mean, we just, we love that crew. Mm-hmm. Um, so Another Denver, f- Denver brewery. Huh? Another Denver brewery. Yeah. Yep. And then after Called Arms, we did the first one with them. The second one we did with uh, Mockery. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach was just really cool. I ran into him and, you know, told him that we were planning to open a brewery. And again, he, Zach's a, Zach from Mockery is a really good example of sort of like what everyone hears about the local craft beer industry where everyone's just nice and there's high camaraderie and they always want to help. So that's Zach for mockery. So I was like, I'm opening a brewery. And he's like, let's do it. You want to yeah. make a beer? You want, what kind of beer do you want to make? Do you want to show it? Like, what do you want to do? Let's, let's play. And I was just like, that's awesome. Yeah. So we made a really fun Brett fermented beer. Cool. Uh, then we did one with OMF. That was our little friend. And, <laughs> um, uh, Jan and, and, Chantel and I and Ayana are all technically from the same area of that school. Jan grew up there before moving here, and that's upstate mm. New York in Albany. Um, so Jan and my brother and mom and dad and sister are the only people on my phone right now, except for a few other like very close friends from Albany that have the <laughs> 518 area code still. Um, so Jan was cool, and we did a collab. And then I think we did a collab, we were already open. So we did all these collabs in the sure. beginning, yep. and that helped to really sort of like see how people respond to certain beers. Because we did different ones each time. So with Called right. Arms, it was like sour and funky. Some of it was just funky with Mockery. With OMF, it was sour and hoppy. So we kind of like played the field to see how people respond to everything. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, then we opened in 2018 here and haven't looked back since because we couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you brought it up earlier, but I think a lot of folks think of Novel Strand uh, and what you do with hops and your, you know, exceptional, uh, easy drinking, clean expression of, of hoppy beer. I'm a um, hot boy. Right. And that's not to say that's not, that's not all you do well, but that is certainly what comes to mind for, I think, a lot of people when they think of Folks, Novel Strand. Folks, it's what so. pays the bills. You guys drink a lot of hoppy beer. But so is, is <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about that. Is that, is, does it go beyond that though? I mean, is it you, I mean, I know, I think of you as someone who is very particular about the hops that you use, where they come from. Um, you're very selective about about your hops, and so I know that uh, you're brushing it off as uh, this. That's just what folks want, but it, I know it's something that's that's pretty important to you. Yeah, I mean that's just the joke, right? That it that it pays the bills. But 
I, uh, I actually drink like hoppy beer. Like that's what I take home often. So I drink hoppy beer and lager. That's what mm -hmm. I drink the most of, like hands down. Or beers that we make that are lagery, so like our Kolsch or our alt beer. Sure. Um, that's really it. Like I drink our stouts very calmly when I'm here, like a little bit. Uh, those I really make because it's a fun style and I make it for people to really enjoy the whole story with the coffee and all that. But like, you know, we don't just make happy beer because it pays the bills. Like we love it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I just hops are cool, man. Hops are the final frontier, man. Everyone, everyone's obsessing about other stuff. Uh, I mean, malt's really important, especially if you're making like lager, right? It, that's that's lager is malt beer. You're making right. malt shine, um, but just for for the possibility of flavor and all the different ways you can get it, it's just and all the new varieties of hops that get developed, it's just it's it's like I said, it's the final frontier. There's endless amounts of things you can do, um, especially the more we learn about hops, talking with like farmers that grow them and have been growing them for five generations right now we have a really good relationship with um our friend brent mclashen down in new zealand um, he owns uh, mac hop farms and they're part of the nz hop co-op um, which is a big co-op of farmers in new zealand that work together to produce a lot of um, cool hops for us americans but also the obviously new zealand brewers european brewers all that um so like talking with brent who has all these different tools and and technology that they use to like analyze their hops to really understand at every stage of brewing what happens and then to get some of these experimental hops and make beer with them and be on the phone with brent during this one process and be like hey i just added hops in the whirlpool here's what i'm getting 10 minutes later and he's like holy shit man like look at this picture of our ir spectra of what happens in new zealand with this hop when we add or add it to the whirlpool you know, so like we're across the ocean from each other comparing the consistency of a hop through a brewing process. So like shit like that's really fun. Um, and it's just like I said, hops can, I feel like, uh, I'm, going, I'm going on a rant everyone. I feel like there's a, there's, a, <laughs> there's a big misconception with hops that like people either think of them as like, oh, well that's the shit bitter. that makes beer bitter mm -hmm. or like, oh, that's what you need to make a hazy. Mm -hmm. And like both of those are incorrect. So it's like, Bitterness is one aspect mm -hmm. of hops. That's like saying that really good soy sauce is just salty, right? Sure. Really good soy sauce. No, it's going to have some umami flavor and layered flavor. So like bitterness is one use of hops in one point in the brewing process, right? During the boil, right? If the, if the wort's boiling, boom, you get bitterness. You get conversion of, of alpha acids. But there's all that magical shit mm -hmm. that isn't bitterness, and that's our goal with hoppy beer, which is why even though Eric from Cohesion said I make a hazy, um, which is why we call our beer unfiltered hoppy beer, because that's the best way to talk about it. What we mean when we say unfiltered hoppy beer is that the beer doesn't get filtered, fine, it, it is how it is when it leaves the fermenter, um, and the, the ingredient of the beer that is going to be the star is the hops. Unfiltered right. hoppy beer. Because your approach, and correct me if I'm wrong, but your your approach to how you make your hoppy beers is to not really let anything get in the way of the character that you're and even to the point of, you know, talking about hazy IPAs and you know, hazy IPA is certainly a style not just in America but, but Around the globally world. at this point. Yeah. And there is a, a certain way that you approach making a, a 
a hazy IPA that's different. They're very, you know, yeast ester driven and there's different malt considerations and things like that. Um, but, you know, for you, correct me if I'm wrong, you're using Chico yeast. So you're using like a, a very yeah. clean. So so that's the whole the whole thing that goes along with that. Right. So if we are trying to showcase the flavor of a hop, then all the other things that make flavor, the only input they should have should be to support what we are making the star. So right. when we like talk to like new staff here and we break it down to them, how we sort of view it. Okay, on a hoppy beer, hops obviously are like the star. That's what's determining the flavor profile of that. Mm -hmm. um, easy example, on like a brown ale, the malt, right? The malt mm -hmm. is going to be what determines the flavor profile. And then I'm sure you can answer this question, Zach, on like Belgian style beer. Generally, what's the biggest player for flavor? Yeast. The yeast, the microbes. So if we start looking at beer that way, then the only thing that makes sense is, yeah, if I want the hops to sort of shine and to show, hey, this is what, this is what mosaic tastes like. This is what Citra tastes like. This is what Rewaka tastes like. Right. Then everything else has to sort of at most support that flavor profile or at worst just be quiet completely. Mm -hmm. So like I don't want my malt to really be too loud. The malt needs to create a base for the hot flavor. I don't want the yeast to do too much except make ethanol because if I don't use the yeast and I just give you unfermented wort with hops, it doesn't taste good. Right. So... I want the hop to be what talks. And for the hop to talk, everything else sort of has to be quiet and not speak at the same time. So with, with taking that into consideration, are you changing up a lot in your malt bills between different beers? Or are they relatively similar? So I'll be super honest. Um, we mostly, for the hoppy beer, it's usually, at minimum, uh, Weirman Pilsner malt or... Um, Super Pevec from Troubadour, depending mm -hmm. on what beer I'm making, and then malted wheat and malted oats. Okay. And then for some of the bigger stuff, I like to add either Golden Promise or Troubadour's Serenade, which mm -hmm. is uh, Schooley made it sort of be like Golden Promise. That mm -hmm. was his inspiration for that um, malt variety that he's got, because um, that that really gives a little bit more character and complexion of the malt without getting in the way of hops, and also it makes the beer like nice and glowy orange. Mm -hmm. and I like that for like the bigger beers, like seven and up, 7% mm -hmm. and up. Um, but again, we found that with really pale, nice malt, so like Byron Pilsner malt, and then uh, wheat and oats, that's how I create this nice base that's soft, but still dry. Well, the yeast helps with the dryness, but sort of soft and fluffy, but still dry so that our beer doesn't really coat your palate. It doesn't really stay on the tongue for too long, except a little bit of hot flavor. And because that beer is dry and you get this like, you know, reminiscent of cannabis or grape or something like that on your palate, you're like, maybe I should take another sip of that. And that's how you get through a seven and a half percent beer without thinking about it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If the fermentation went well and it's not just hot and boozy, right? Right. So that's our that's our sort of goal here is if we're making a happy beer, man, the one you and I are drinking right now is banging. We switched it up. What's guys. in we're this? Drinking, we're drinking Kia. And Kia is... Um, all of our beers that are only New Zealand hops, we name after birds from New Zealand. I was going to say, this is certainly a New Zealand forward. Yeah, so this is Rewaka and Nelson, man. Okay. It's just superstar. Zach Talks Beer is supported by Cellar West Artisan Ales. Cellar West is an award-winning small brewery in Lafayette, Colorado, just outside of Boulder and a short drive to nearby Denver. 
named one of Beer Advocate's best new breweries in 2018, Cellar West crafts a variety of small batch beers, ranging from barrel-aged farmhouse sales to rustic European lagers. Planning a trip to Colorado? Be sure to add Cellar West Artisan Ales to your list of brewery visits. And now, back to the show. <laughs> so New Zealand hops, you brought, I was going to bring it up, but you brought, you beat me to it, which I'm not surprised by. <laughs> I New love Zealand em. hops, right? Uh, tell me about your love of New Zealand hops. <laughs> I love American hops too. It's not, I know you do. Let's just, uh, the, the, the hops from New Zealand have like, the, it's not all of them. Like there's not, this is one of the things I love like talking with Brent is like he's fully aware that's not every variety they have is going to be a superstar. Not every experimental hop is going to be like smashing and take over the world. Like well, that's true with American hops. Yeah, I but mean, well, this is what I'm saying. So first of all, the people that grow hops and really get it, like they know when they, f they have a hunch of like, oh, this one might be a, a star. And they know and like, well, this one grows really well and has this cool profile that can be added. And like any data is good data. One of the experiments we did it ended up seeming like, you know, hey, this hop really seems to support other hops really well. On its own, it's kind of light, but with other hops, it seems to, like, explode. Mm -hmm. um, so what I like about the New Zealand hops that I really use a lot, uh, Rewaka and Nelson, you know, on top of everything, and then we use a good amount of Matueka. Um, the, the Nelson and, Re and Rewaka to me are sort of like, they have this element of, like, white grape, but not like from a from a from a grape farm. It's like a white grape that you find on like a trail, and it's sort of like wild, musty and wild. funky. So it yeah. has that that sort of thing. And then they Rewaka and Nelson especially. They also have this like if you smoke cannabis, this will make sense. It's like a sour diesel. Mm -hmm. It's it's this it's like citrusy but a little skunky but not really skunk. It's really hard to explain, but it's like when you taste it. It just hits your palate in such a particular way, especially on a beer that's soft and fluffy but dry, that I really love the way that flavor profile makes your palate want more beer. Mm -hmm. And not all hops do that. Mm -hmm. But like Nelson Savin and Rewaka really do that. And that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like as I'm talking, you're drinking more to see if that's happening. You're going to want another sip in another second. It's just the way they, their flavor gets expressed on your palate is really cool. But in general, I, I always like whether they're American or New Zealand or Australian or South African or German or whatever, like I like hops that I, I see do a few things. Like one of my favorite varieties is Mosaic, which is an American hop. Uh, I think it's probably one of the best American hops. I know some people put Citra above it, but what I love about Mosaic so much is that if you get a good lot of Mosaic, it just does so much. Mm -hmm. You can mix Mosaic, or you can just use mosaic on itself, and that beer is kick-ass. Like a good lot of mosaic, if you know what you're doing and how to express it, that's going to be some blueberry. It's going to be some guava. It's going to be some stanky weed. It's going to be a little bit of mango. It's going to be a little bit of papaya. And when you can layer that out, that's just a really fun adventure for the palate to go through. And I think that's why people are attracted to hops, whether they understand it or not. Like... There's a way to get these hot terpenes and flavors to just tickle your brain. And it doesn't matter who you are or where you're from or how you grew up. And one of our best examples of that is Chantel's dad. Uh, I don't know if you want to tell this, but like Chantel's dad is from the Dominican Republic, where Chantel's from. Um, there's 
now there's like one or two breweries we know about but like yeah. obviously when roberto was growing up there's no like craft beer there's no new zealand hops there's no mosaic or citra or whatever in the dominican republic They're i mean drinking. it's all the it's all the big like big style factory yeah, like Heineken, like the, one, the one that's known is like Presidente. Presidente. Like that's the that's the national beer. So like <laughs> I tried to get drunk on Presidente at an all inclusive one time and <laughs> it's it mostly water. Just couldn't do it. It's like I, water. I, 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 we were drinking it all week. We were there for my my wife's uh, cousin's wedding and I I told my wife one morning we woke up we got out of bed I brushed my teeth and I went in the room and I said I'm gonna try to get drunk on that beer today <laughs> and I must have had 25 30 Won't of them. Won't do it. I, yeah. it just, Won't do it. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, so that's kind of like his experience of beer, right? Yeah. And then, like, in America, you know, like, whatever, Budweiser, Bud Light, blah, 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 Corona. And when we were living in New York still, uh, Chantal and I lived in the city. So her parents and her lit moved to New York City when they moved from uh, the island. And then Chantal and I, after RPI, after Albany and upstate New York, we lived in, What's in Queens for a little bit. So we would bring Roberto, like, really good hoppy beers really good at the time it was like other half was just opening they were making some stellar happy beers single, single cup, cup had just opened they were making stellar happy beer finback was just just opening as we left and all these breweries now are like everyone knows other half if they're like into the, the right. hype haze boy game right, right. huge they did a lot of work to get to that way so we would bring roberto these beers and like again no experience with craft beer no no untapped no instagram blah 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 takes a sip of a beer and he goes this tastes like chinola Chinola is mm -hmm. the Dominican colloquial term for passion fruit. Mm -hmm. So that beer that he has no expertise on, blah, 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 whatever everyone thinks. Oh, I'm a, I've been to all the breweries, so I know. Immediately his brain was tickled. Mm -hmm. That's why we, we like hoppy beer, because we can do that. And so that's our whole goal. It's like, I want to bypass. We have so many people that come here. It's like, I don't usually like hoppy and we're like you don't like bitter and that makes total sense no one wants bitter shit it well, doesn't I was gonna say like that's one of my favorite parts about interacting with folks like across the bar right like when talking about specific flavors that they're looking for obviously they know things as like ipa right that's a, the common name for it but we use the unfiltered hoppy ale so they ask questions about what it is and what it means and we like all the staff and all you know all the crew is like oh knows how to have that conversation with the customer, which I think opens the door for them to try something new and break that uh, barrier or understanding that they have that all oh, hoppy beer is bitter. And it's like, oh, I don't right. like bitterness. Right. Um, so they, they'll end up trying one of our hoppy ones, maybe even something on the lighter side, because we do mostly sessionable beers like under 6% for our hoppy stuff, and they end up being in love with it. So it's you just, just converted it, a new person. Yeah. You ask somebody if they like bitter stuff, and they'll say, hell no. And you ask someone, do you like mango and blueberry and pineapple and cannabis and orange and grapefruit? And they're like, oh, yeah, well, those are cool. All right, then you love hoppy beer. Right. You, you might not like an IPA or whatever that means today, but you probably love hoppy beer. Right. So that's, that's, why, we, that's why we do it. That's why like the New Zealand hops stand out for us because, again, they're so unique and bring all these – really special flavors. That's why some of these American hops that we use are just so like, there's that, this new one I, I hate telling people about because I don't want them to use it, but it's HPC 586 and it's just amazing. It's bang. You got, that, you got me hooked on it. We're I think that it thing is a mango. It's a mango yeah. with sour diesel. It's amazing. It's just such a distinct, distinct profile. Mm -hmm. And I'll see someone use it and if they don't use the word mango, I'm like, you didn't use that hop right. Yeah. That, that, the pellets, you open the bag and it's just like, this smells like mango, like right puree if you also just sprinkle some weed on it yeah and like for me that's perfect right because i know now cool i want this beer to have a heavy mango influence throw some hbc 586 in there and 
ooh, this beer is going to explode like you just went to some Caribbean store and got a mango. And again, that will cross cultures. That will cross boundaries. That you're, will just make the human brain go, ooh, tropical, like it. You're bringing up, you're bringing up the fruity aspect a lot, uh, but you, so it seems like you're, you guys are really interested in bringing those fruit aspects to the table via hops. Right. I mean, yeah. are you are you doing like fruited IPAs and stuff? No, too, no, or? because those are fun, and I I have no issue with that. Like the people that make these beers that have tons of like an, a hoppy beer that has tons of hops and tons of fruit and some other stuff, and if they make it and they make it work, that's incredible. Because right. I don't know if I'd be able to make that work. But for me, it's also like if if I put pineapple in a beer and the beer tastes like pineapple, I don't feel like I did much. It's right. great that it's fun and easy to drink and 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 it's good. Right. But it's like. I don't really pat myself on the back for that. And this is purely it's, subjective. It's like brewing a porter that has cocoa nibs in it. And someone's like, wow, it tastes it's like a chocolate. chocolate. Yeah. And you're well, like, it well, does. it does. Yeah, and exactly. it's like, it, it, then nothing against cho- beers that have chocolate in them. But like, if you, you can get chocolate character from, from malt. From malt. So yeah. this is what I'm saying. So like for us, again, like the beauty is that the hops can create this flavor. Not that this flavor exists. Like, yes, if I want mango, I put mango. We have the Vicious Delicious series. Those are... Um, it just became a series. By the way, I had to beg him yeah. to make it. This is a Chantel <laughs> creation, everyone. But the Vicious Delicious, it's like they're fermenter soured, then 100% Brett fermented, and then just tons of fruit. And like the one we have right now is like mango. So it's Vicious Delicious mango. And we let the Brett ferment the mango and mm-hmm. everything. That beer smells and tastes like a ripe tart mango. Right. And people are like, I love this beer. And I'm like, cool, it was really easy to make. Yeah, I made this beer. I pitched the yeast. I threw a bunch of mango. I waited. Boom, ready. Right. So like that doesn't detract from that beer. That beer's awesome. But to me, with hops, it's more like, why the hell does this fucking hop taste like a mango? That's crazy. Right. That's more what it is. And like a mango should taste like a mango. But that that I can make a few hops in a beer taste like a mango to me is more like that's pretty cool. I think even thinking back to the 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 chinola beer that we made. Um, I, I don't consider myself to be very good at like picking like this distinct flavors. Like sometimes he'll say like, oh, this has this, 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 and that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I have no fucking clue what you, sorry. <laughs> I have no clue what you uh, just said, but I can taste this, right? Like maybe something that's a little bit more at the surface. But with that Chinola one, and you can talk about what hops it had, I remember the first time I tasted it straight out of the, uh, the tank, I was just like, this is exactly like Chinola. Right. It's passion fruit, and that's what we named it that too. Um, that's why again, it has that name, yeah. Even without 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 any fruit, and people thought that it had fruit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you, you, we were able to fool them. They thought that they had fruit, but it was just all the hops doing the, the game. So, and it, I mean, it goes beyond, you know, a brewery that is as serious about the hops that they're using in their their hop forward beers as you guys knows that it's it it goes even beyond just selecting the right varietals of hops and putting them together the right ways it's selecting hops and being thoughtful about you know the hops that you're putting into your beer because believe it or not there is such thing as bad hops and they're out there and there's i would even say down to some varietals we were talking about this before we turned the mics on but like there's some varietals out there that i think maybe consumers feel that they love that hop but they may they may not love it as much as they think beyond the Remember name, maybe. Remember that half the time too, when they see that some of like, and this is uh, brewers don't get mad at me, but like a lot of the time when you see some names on the can, like that hop barely touched that beer. Right. They put it on, they put it in the beer a little bit so that they could say. That right. It's, they had you know, a pound TDH of galaxy sitting around, and they but threw yeah, it in it there. Yeah. 
it doesn't mean that that's a, a very um, predominant hop in that beer, mm -hmm. which is another which is another thing that I like to focus on. Like why we're so obsessed with hops is it's like, I want I want my customers to know what Rewaka tastes like. Sure. I want my customers to know what Nelson Savin, what Mosaic, what Citra, what Amarillo, what all these hops taste like. Um, first of all, because to me personally, if I'm telling you I'm using this hop and you can't tell the difference between this hop and another hop, then I must be doing something wrong, mm -hmm. you know, in my head. I have to, like, if I can test the difference and you can't, then I need to change what I'm doing so that you can taste the difference too. But then I want that education in the consumer. I want them to go to another brewery and taste it and be like, I don't really get too much Nelson in this. And I want that brewery to use more Nelson. Buy it. Right. They're making it. They're growing it. Nelson's amazing. It's cheaper now than it's Or be more years. selective about getting good Yeah, like better it's, Nelson. it's better for all of us. Yeah. If everyone's aware of what hops taste like and like, yeah, we all do our due diligence of like, cool, this hops in this beer and it reeks of this hop because like mm, Nelson mm -hmm. or Citra or whatever is so big on it. So we have a couple of different different series that we make and you guys started with the two is greater than one. So taking it back to our single hop series, which is Weapon of Choice, we've done a whole slew of them. Probably um, 30 at this point, 20. And like one of my favorite things too is to see like between our staff, between our regulars, like just our close friends, like it's that same idea that they're starting to understand what that uh, uh, hop is supposed to taste like. Mm -hmm. I was even gonna ask you like, which one was the lager that you made recently that had uh, a touch of a hop in there? It, was it Rewaka? Rewaka's on Afria, but then Mitch and I did Una the Fria. Raquel, yeah. Okay, so that's the one that I was thinking about where everybody was like, oh, I remember this, uh, or I know this lager, I remember this lager. There's like a, a very specific and particular finish to it that it's all Rewaka. Sure. That's what Eric mm -hmm. talked about is Una Fria. Yeah. So Una Fria is a lager, and our lagers are... So I never thought I'd be making lager. Lager takes forever for a brewery like my yeah. size, which is Yeah, let's tiny. talk about Novel Strand Lager. Yeah, bit. so we never thought we would do it, but then... We're really good friends, and we're very fortunate and happy to be really good friends with um Calm down. Bussy, come here. Bussy. We knew it would happen once. <laughs> We've got a handful uh, of dogs in the brewery. Yeah. What? I I intro the dogs real quick. Uh, we got we got Sambusak the potato. He's a Shiba Inu. We have Shoku the ninja. He's a Japanese Kaiken. And then we have Ninkasi the beer goddess, who is... A Shikoku, which is a Japanese boar hunting dog, and then Irish Wolfhound, Malamute, Husky, and Grey Wolf. Quite the mix. So they're all here hanging out. Anyway, so we're really fortunate to be friends with uh, Ashley and Bill from Beerstot. And honestly, like, I asked Ashley to do a collaboration here and to make a lager, and she was totally cool with it. And then she just told me basically how easy it would be for me to make lager here. And so I was like, holy shit, I'm going to start making lager here. Um, so we just, you know, Ashley knows her yeast. She gives us her yeast because uh, she's just awesome. And so we use Beerstadt yeast on all of our lager. I follow her instructions because she's one of the few people that I consider, especially for German lagers, like a true brewmaster. She just understands her craft to just such a high degree that it's always very fun for me to, to probe her brain about it. Um, obviously, Bill, too. Bill just across all styles of beer. He's, you know, he's been around for a while, so he knows... Um, so we like to get inspired by the German lager. That's like the base. Um, but then it wouldn't be Novel Strand if we didn't have a little hop fun with Throw it. Throw a few bags of hops in there. So we don't, we don't make them hoppy, but it's like with Una Fria, and I think why, for example, Eric likes it, is that through and through it drinks like an easy German pale lager. I mean, it's 4.5%. It's all Barca pills. It's pale as hell. Um, we don't filter, but we find that beer. It's crystal clear. Um, 
and it again lager all the way but then there's this little kind of quiet mm-hmm. kind of grapey kind of kiss of herbal grassy thing and then it disappears and it's not bitter is it dry hopped a <clears throat> little bit we dry hop and then begin our spunding process so we all of our lagers have a little bit of natural ferment or natural carbonation in them mm-hmm. um, to begin with not not to the degree of beer stout or like cohesion but we try with everything to at least capture some of some of the yeast finishing the fermentation but basically what we end up doing is it's a german inspired lager that again is crisp clean really easy to drink but it will have a little bit of hop character so next month we have one coming out with nelson sabin but it's not it's not hoppy it's not an IPL, right? It's a it's a lager that has a particular hop character, and you're gonna get a little kiss of that Hint hop. Of it. Yeah. Um, I think some of the New Zealand hops actually play quite well in lager. Honestly, I mean they they can be punchy in the right setting and in the right volume, but I think that there's sort of like this inherent subtlety to a lot of these New Zealand hops that makes them really fun in lager. So Nelson, to me, is the most aggressive New Zealand hop, but even that one you can work with and get it to, to, to hush down for a lager, mm-hmm. especially if you want to make, again, like a balanced, here's a word I can't believe this is the first time I've used it, but a harmonious lager. I'm really big on harmony with the ingredients, man. That's why it's like it doesn't matter if it's a hoppy beer or a lager or a coffee stout. Like if you can't drink three, four of it, we're not making really good beer here. Mm-hmm. We want to, again, we want to tickle that brain and make your brain want more of this. Um, but Rewaka from New Zealand for lagers that have a little bit of hop character is incredible. Like everyone's like, how do you describe Rewaka? And it's like, it's delicately aggressive <laughs> or it's aggressively gentle. It's like, it's such a particular hop profile. But then with Barrels and Bottles with our friend Mitch, we made uh, a lager that was Rakao, which was a different New Zealand hop. And it's like you're saying, worked just as good because they all have this thing. They, they're much more, the New Zealand hops are much more flexible with you as a brewer about how much of them you add. Right. Like some of the American or Australian stuff, you add a little bit and it's already like, whoa, we added a lot. Yep. Whereas the New Zealand stuff, you have a bit more flexibility of like, oh, no, we can throw a little bit more in there, or a little bit more in there, and they won't punish you too much of like, oh, now it's bitter or oh, now it's just green right. and you can't really drink it. But the, those lagers, man, with the New Zealand hops, they're they're really, really fun. That flavor profile really just seems to work. Um, so we're we're lucky that we can keep making them and that people really like them. And we can't we can't make enough lager. We make lager and it just disappears. What percentage of your current production would you say is lager? Ten, twenty-five? Not, not that much because we can't. We just don't have the capacity right. to do um, that much of it. Uh, if we if we knew from the beginning we were going to do lager, we would have probably picked a slightly bigger space and has some bigger tanks dedicated to that just because it takes so long right and just so people are aware of what i mean by that like uh, i can turn around a a hoppy beer somewhere between 14 and 17 days depending on the the beginning strength we we push those beers through try them there's no off flavors there's no nothing everything you learned at brew school is just someone's idea try your own techniques but like we can turn those beers around really quick lager takes eight weeks it just Mm -hmm. doesn't like the, the german lager we make we cannot make faster than that Right. With with the beer stat yeast, somewhere around six weeks from brew date, you get this magic like transition. Right. It tastes good after a little bit, but after six weeks, all of a sudden you're like, oh man, now I'm oh this is really good lager here, and you'd be tempted if you didn't know any better. You'd be tempted then to be like right. six weeks from brew date with that particular lager yeast to be like this beer's ready, but I 
I listened to what Ashley says. Right. So I waited. Dude, it's literally like every two days. You're like, oh, it's better than it, it was gets last better. time I tasted it. And the the changes we'll are smaller, but they but they're there. They're huge. They're they're smaller in the beer, but they seem to like add up and be huge for totally. your palate. And then, you know, we'll wait eight eight and a half nine weeks. We'll package it, and then you know, because you make good lager too. It's like, which is the best keg of that lager? The last one. Right. The one they got to sit cold extra long because you know people drink lager, it after lager. a month. So now we're <laughs> lager, at like twelve lager, weeks, lager. and then it's like that twelfth week, thirteenth week keg is like right magic. Yep. So. That's why we can't make that many of them because it, it does need to sit in the tank for eight weeks and we can do three hoppy beers in that. Right. You know? Well, uh, it's also, he, he was referencing our capacity, right? Like we, our largest tank is 10 barrel. Yeah. Everything else is five and three. So you guys have five barrel brew house? The five barrel brew house, there's one 10 barrel tank, four five barrel tanks, and then three or four three barrel tanks. And then we got two three barrel brights and one five barrel bright. So there's a lot of steel back there for a small brewery. Right. That's what's also crazy. Like every time I get to think about like the hop connections we have and all that, it does feel really nice that like our hard work kind of paid off because like, we shouldn't matter to these farms and stuff. Right. You know, we're, again, we're a five barrel brewery. That's not big. There's going to be people that maybe are listening to this uh, podcast and didn't even know we were open. Uh, and they'll come here and be like, holy shit, this is some of the best beer we've had. And we welcome you. But like... <laughs> You know, so it's to me, it's always very humbling when like someone like Brent, for example, is like, I like the way you talk about hops and I want to give you hops. Or when someone comes from out of town and they're like, you know, we read about all these, you know, breweries that make these beers and we read about yours and stuff here. And this hoppy beer is just mind blowing. And it's like, I hope, I hope, because I've stayed up at night thinking about well, you've got, what you've, I'm going to do You've got to imagine hop, that you know? that's, like, that's probably an exciting uh, thing for them to experience someone who genuinely cares about hops as much as they do, right? You come to the table and you're not like, hey, I heard Rawaka's good. Can I get all your Rawaka? And they're like, well, hold on. And they're like, well, no, give it to me. You come to the table and you're like, look, I've, I'm curious about this hop. I'd like to try a sample. I'm, I want to learn more about this. I want to talk to you about this. That probably intrigues them. Similar to how someone may come to you and say, you know, something similar, and then you get excited about yeah. talking about your beer with them. It makes it fun, you know. And you well, and I was going to say that you kind of glossed over it um, when talking about Brent, but the, the experimental hop series that we did with them straight from the lab, we specifically discussed with NC Hops and Mac to be able to do uh, a QR, uh, do a survey. So actually, our patrons were able to be part of that, like, feedback form yeah. like cool. pop development and they i i thought like people were really engaged and like anybody that we talked to uh, uh to about it like they wanted to go and re like really spend time looking like trying the beer thinking of the flavors filling yeah. out the profile like all of this information is going back to the farm specifically yeah. all of um, our patrons took it really seriously and we asked them to and i said i was like even if you hate this beer fill out the survey and tell them so they know that whatever jimmy didn't like is hot uh, and they shared all, they had like eight, 900 data points from us. Thanks mm. to our customers filling out the survey, which they don't get, right? They send a lot of these hop farmers, they're doing these experiments, whether it's in the U S Australia, New Zealand, whatever, like they'll send it to a brewer and ask the brewer their opinion. And I told them straight up, I was like, who cares what the fuck I think? Mm -hmm. I was like, I can tell you what all my customers think. My opinion's one person. If I can get you several hundred and they all say the same thing, listen to them, right? right. If I say a and 900 people say B about a, a, a beer, there's a good chance I don't know what I'm saying. Right. 
Fortunately, what, what I felt is what a lot of people found. So my nose isn't broken yet and my mouth isn't broken yet. But then they took that, you know, those 900 data points and shared them on their master grower conference. And everyone was really excited because I can't believe this. No one's ever done that before. Whereas to us, it was like, yeah, dude, we got people coming here for beer. Let's see what they think. Yeah. Like, right. We wanted everyone to be able to be part of the fun and excitement about one of the varieties we use. It's like, this is literally the only brewery on earth that had that hop. Mm-hmm. He said he's like they did an experiment with it on the farm, but they haven't even given it to uh, New Zealand breweries. It was wow. NZH 105. So he was like, I'm really excited to see what you think about it because blah, 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 how it grows. It has these qualities that are very attractive for a farmer for either hybridization with another hop or blah. So that was really fun. And you saw people get excited about it. So it's like it's cool that our excitement and our obsession can then translate to the patrons. And our patrons are like. Yeah, we get to try these crazy new hops and like be part of a process that's gonna decide a hop that like other breweries are gonna end up using. Right. And it's fun. It's Very cool. Fun. I didn't think I'd be doing that in the beginning, but <laughs> you know, stay awake enough at night thinking about hops, and this too <laughs> might be your future. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've talked a lot about hops. We've talked about lager. Uh, we talked a little bit about Belgian beer. Um, we can talk more about it now because that's what we're gonna open. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm always down with that. Um, what, Chantel, what's in the future for Novelstram? What are you guys working on? What What do you see the next year or two looking like? Um, oh, geez. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, because we, we talk about this quite often, we're only three years old, and half of that time was through COVID. Right. So even as we were starting to, like, settle into, like, who we are, what we are, our place here in, in, in the Colorado craft beer scene, um, all that got appended, right, by a global pandemic. So now as we're kind of getting back into the swing of things, we're just, I mean, we're taking it day by day. Um, we have our certain goals and dreams that we talk about all the time as far as where this goes in the next five, 10 years, but I have no idea what the next two years look like. <laughs> We're just trying to, you know. We're open. Have, My, uh, yeah, Tuesday right? through Sunday. Yeah. We're open. We're trying to have fun with it. We're trying to create like programming and community events that matter to our people, that people have fun with, and they feel like they're part of this community. Um, but other than that, we don't know what's in store. Nice. So, continuing to uh, try to work with community and and just ingrain yourselves more locally. I like it. Absolutely. Mirror's point yeah, of some beer, more beer. Beer always, always has been just part of people's like, oh, wait, is this, is this we'll get there when we get there? Or is this, this might be third time's ice cream. I, I think, think so. Yeah. Everything I we said. Lied. Everything I said <laughs> was a lie. Yeah. It oh, looks this pretty. is third time's ice cream. So this is, this is this year's anniversary. So this beer was released in July. So this was a one year old barrel fermented beer on a blend of organic blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries that Chantel and I uh, sorted by hand uh, for a couple hours. Uh, it was some really nice blueberries, really nice blackberries. Uh, it was really, really fun. Um, yeah, so this beer is cool. It's glowing. I'm excited. <laughs> Holding out on me on the three-year, but I'll take the, uh, I didn't the know, hand-sorted I didn't berry beer. I didn't remember. <laughs> I, I stuck a bottle in the fridge a while ago, I think, when someone was visiting, and we just never got to that beer. And I was like, you know what? Bring that bottle beer today for Zach. Like, that'll be fun. He likes shit like that. And <laughs> no, I'm excited. All right, well, hey, guys. Um, I don't want to take too much of your time, but um, thank you so much.
It was great to sit down with you and talk beer a little bit and share some beers. Oh, that's good, dude. You should try it. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun to have you, man. Like, Zach and I do this shit all the time when he comes, so now you guys can pretend that you were part of our, like, <laughs> brewer talk. Um, this whole project is really fun. I think, think a lot of people get lost in the, the marketing of beer and the Instagram of beer and the untapped of beer and all this stuff. And sometimes what that, what that does is we forget that at the end of the day, it's like people making this to have a good time. Right. And to make a good product and again, to build like a community and stuff. So like to have a podcast where it's like fun brewers just talking shit about beer and like having a good time. It's like, we should all remember that at the end of the day, that's what like life and beer especially is about. Like we like to say that come here and, and have a beer and help it, help it get you through the experience of life and help it stimulate and support you just experiencing like existence. Right. And that's what we've been doing with beer as a species since we found it. Yep. We were like, yeah, cool. We need to settle and start growing this barley shit so we can make more of this right. beer stuff. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it's very important to remember that like it's one of those old human things that exists literally to just get us to relax and hang out with each other and right. talk. Bring people together so to, around something that we all To do that, enjoy. you know, it's always fun to just have beer and talk. Totally. Well, I'm happy to do it with you guys. And uh, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. I wish you guys the a happy Thanksgiving and the team here at Novel Strand. Everyone uh, go support your local brewery for Thanksgiving. Right. Don't buy any Bourbon County stuff. Buy local beer. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, well, hey, thanks for listening to Zach Talks Beer. And if you guys enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That's kind of how we keep things rolling along. Um, we don't necessarily have a social media presence for the show, but you can visit ZachTalksBeer.com to contact me, check out new episodes. Um, I try to get them up every couple weeks or as much as the brewery allowed my 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 brewery allows me to <laughs> <Your own personal. laughs> right you're two breweries <laughs> yeah exactly uh, and on that note feel free to visit sellerwest.com or sellerwest arts and ales on instagram or facebook to learn a little bit more about my small brewery in colorado hope everyone has a great next few days and we will circle back soon enough cheers <laughs> <laughs>